and uh, want to worship God with us tonight, we just want to invite you to do that and uh, just ask you to join along with us. Your love, your love, and 
is and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me.
smooth. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing tonight? You good? We uh, you like the uh, you like the weather going on right now? It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Isn't it funny how weather just like completely uh, alters our mood? And living in Pittsburgh, that means that we're just all like we're just all crazy. We're just like I'm up, I'm down. I don't know what to do because it's Pittsburgh. But notice that sometimes like we're driving in, I'm like, man. I just want to sit down on the couch right now. I don't want to do anything. Why? Because it's gray skies. It's windy. It's, you know, Lauren came in the building before, uh, before, and it was so windy. She put her hood up and she went in sideways because she didn't want to move, mess her hair up. And any girls do that in here? No. But sometimes, you know, the weather, I mean, it's crazy. It can, it can actually alter our mood. But, you know, I just want to encourage you. The serving God isn't about a feeling. It's not about an emotion. It's not about anything, but that Jesus came for you and, 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 and died on the cross so that we could just we can just hear about him and learn about him and live a victorious life and overcome no matter where we are. We can connect with God no matter if we feel like it or not. So just ask everybody, just, you know, just with me as we close out worship today, let's just close our eyes and, and, and just let me pray with you. And, and let's just, you know, I, I'd encourage you, this is, this is a good time to lift up your hands to the heavens and just say, God, I surrender to you. Let's all begin to just lift up praise to God right now out of our mouth. Just lift up thanks. I mean, sometimes you got to thank about what to be thankful for because sometimes you had a, just had a rough day. The Bible says that every breath that we have is a gift of God. So let's just let's just give God thanks real quick as we close out worship. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you that you're alive. God, thank you that you care. Father, we just love you and we just thank you so much that on a Saturday night we can come and hear a word that's going to change our life forever. Father, I thank you so much that your grace is in this place tonight. God, I thank you that you encourage people. Uh, you put air in people's tires to keep on moving forward. That you put hope in people's hearts tonight through the word of God. God, I thank you so much that we get to worship you. We get to we we get to sing out to you whenever we want to. We get to pray. God, thank you that we have this opportunity. We don't take it for granted and we love you, Jesus. We just thank you so much for tonight. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just shake somebody's hand, you can be seated. know if you know my lovely bride but this is this is my lovely bride lauren uh you know my biggest cheerleader in life you want to i'm just kidding we have it we have this little cheer that we do behind closed doors that nobody knows about and i was like you want to do that in front of everybody she said no 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 well this is this is my bride my love the love of my life the sweetest person inside outside that i've ever met and uh you know uh the last couple weeks i'm just uh, i'm just taking a study break next week i want to let you know that um we're going to be having a vision night here at nice north i really want to share with you some things that are on my heart for this upcoming year. Um, next week is a perfect time to come. I know we're still having a Thanksgiving break and everything is going on, but please come and, and hang out with us next Saturday. Uh, but man, the word that I believe uh, God has placed in my wife's heart 
I sat through it with our teenagers today, and it's always different application with Thrive in 19 North because you're teaching the teenagers, and then you have to turn it and apply the same message to 20-somethings, and it's awesome. But, man, I grew and learned so much, and I was, like, just so blessed by the message. So let's all pray real quick as we get into this and, and, and just really ask God to bless the words of, of, of Lauren's mouth. God, thank you so much that tonight is a night that we can all grow and just hear from you. God, I thank you so much that your word's alive and it's active, that it can speak into our life right now. So, Father, we just put a demand on the grace the pause that you've placed on this beautiful woman in front of us. Father, thank you so much for her life. Thank you so much that the word of God goes forth and it produces good fruit in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, you guys, um, I think we have a little short video here before I get started. You guys want to check this out? Are you guys ready for it? sentences in there. Anybody relate with that? I know for me, for sure, I think every single sentence, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm, yeah, that'd be me. Um, so, man, I'm really excited to be here with you guys tonight in this cold, wintry, oh, nasty night. I know it's, uh, were the roads bad when you guys came? A little bit? Yeah, we were a little bit nervous about that, but you guys stuck through and, and, uh, and came out, and um, I'm really excited you guys are here. Um, even in the even in the weather and all that good stuff. Welcome to Pittsburgh, right? I mean, we're in Pittsburgh. It snows, the ice gets, the roads get icy. It's all good. Um, so I'm really excited to be here. For those of you that don't know who I am, like Zach said, I'm his wife, um, and we've been together for about 10 years now. Married for seven. We have two beautiful babies. Oh, they're just the love of my life. The loves of my life. Um, Noah is three and a half. Nora is one and a half, and they are crazy, and they are so much fun. And um, we have lots of crazy times in the Blair household, lots of our poor neighbors. We live in a townhouse, and um, uh, our friends are on one side. Actually, they bought the townhouse next to us, and then this little guy and his mom live in the, and I feel so bad for them. I'm like, oh, there's, I feel so bad, because all they have to hear is pounding and screaming and, wah, yeah, you know, and they're probably like, oh, my gosh, will you guys move already? Um, but anyway, so that's a little part of our part of our lives but um i'm glad to be able to share with you tonight because it's something that i really feel really super duper strong on my heart and um, whenever i started preparing for the message and really praying about god what what how should like lead me please just show me what you want me to speak on i started kind of listening to messages and i was going to do one that kind of talked about going through battles and i started preparing and i'm just like man i just don't feel like this is it and then i was listening to um a beth moore message and she said teachers let me tell you something don't teach on something that you're not you don't fully understand or you don't fully get or just doesn't feel right teach on something that you've experienced that you've gone through that you can relate to and I'm like, oh, okay, I should probably do that then. And so as I began praying and really thinking about it, um, this came to my heart, and I'm really excited about it. I know that it, as much as it's helped me throughout the years, I pray that it helps you tonight. And really that one thing that, that, that I say just really grabs a hold of your heart and a hold of your life 
and really just begins to bring power in, 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 in your life. But up here, you see a little altar up here. And some of you might say, well, altar's kind of spelled wrong. Alter ego. What's going on here, Lauren? What do you have? What's this contraption? Well, I am a visual learner. I was a teacher for a few years before, um, before, we, before Zach got hired here and I had kids. But anyway, so I like using visuals. But anyways, altar, what an altar means is, back in the old days in the, in the Old Testament, what people would do is they would literally take a, a significant um, sacrifice and they would lay it down um, at the altar and they would sacrifice it in exchange um, as an act of worship. They would, they would lay it down at the altar, okay? So that's what altar is. That's what this altar is here for. And ego is, ego is what we think about ourselves, who we think we are, what other people tell us that we are. It's, it's who we are. Our ego is pretty much who we are. Some people have a very big ego that needs to settle down a little bit. And some people have a very, very small ego where they don't really think highly of themselves at all. So you have extremes there. So really it's what we think about ourselves. Um, and um, so my goal, the goal for tonight is, if I were to write out a goal, well, it would be a few things. But the biggest, one of the biggest things is that we will come here tonight and we will take who we think we are, what we believe about ourselves, our egos, and we will literally make a significant sacrifice and lay it down at the altar as a sign of worship to God, saying, God, I lay down who I think I am, who people say I am, my ego, and pick up everything that you have for me. Um, so I pray that that's really what we're going to do tonight. Um, and um, so as I thought about, you know, the message title and all that stuff, I called it Longing for approval, longing for approval. Now, we should have slides up there um, tonight. I'm not sure if this is working. We've been having some problems. Um, so I'll try to go slow if you guys are taking notes. Um, okay, there we go. We have some slides tonight, so um, you guys should be good. But I called it longing for approval, okay? So what do you guys think? Do you like it? Do you like the title? Do you like me? Do you like it? What do you think? Do you like it? Is that a good message? What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? Do you like it? Longing for approval. How many of us, I mean, how many of us long to be liked and to be wanted and just that longing for approval deep down, we were born with that desire to be wanted, to be liked. Okay, we all, we all have that. We all have that inward um, desire. And, you know, I can remember from whenever I was a little girl, I was a little girl, and I, w I did cheerleading and softball and just some different, you know, some different little things. I was never really good at much, but I did some stuff. And, you know, I remember in the middle of me cheering or in the middle of a softball game where I, would, I was second base, and I would get the ball, and I would throw it to first and, or whatever, and I would hit a run, and I would slide into second base or whatever. I would instantly look at my parents to see, did they see that? Did anybody see that? Did anybody see what I just did? Because that was pretty awesome. I mean, instantly, you know, I know guys and girls, we both, ever since, you know, I was little, I remember that longing for approval. Even if you, even if you came from a loving home or you came from a dysfunctional home, you still just have this, oh, I want to be liked. I want to be accepted. And even in ministry, when we first started ministry, however many years ago, I had this, I had this thought. This is a bad thought. If you're, if you're called into ministry, this is something you don't want to take into ministry. That I'm here so all of you guys like me and Zach. We're here because you like us. And we're here to make you happy. We're here so we all just like each other and we're, I'm just here to make you happy. Anything you say, I should do. And I'm here to, to meet your needs. 
And you know, that is, that is not a good thing. That's not a good way to start off ministry. Because I am not here to meet any of your needs. I am not here to meet any of your needs. And people will put expectations on us just because they're people. You know, everyone does. You put expectations on people in ministry. Well, they're in ministry. They're in ministry. They should have it all together. Or they should be doing this. Or they should have done that for me. And so I began to absorb who liked me and who didn't like me. And I would take it very to heart, very much so. Whether you did like me or didn't like me, it became who I was. And in ministry, that can be very, very dangerous. And I'll explain that in a little bit. But it's still, what I'm saying is this longing for approval is still a struggle for me here today. It's still a struggle. I'll leave, I'll walk off the stage, and it'll still be a struggle. Did I do okay? Do they like me? And I, but I've come a long way in it. So why I am sitting up here talking to you guys about this is because I'm not perfect in it, but oh my goodness, have I come a long way in my longing for approval. It's something that I really struggle with. Um, and so I want to ask you guys one question. Can anybody relate to that? Can anybody relate to wanting to be liked and approval? I'm going to give you guys five Five signs that you are longing and living for the approval of others, okay? Five signs. Um, they're going to have them up here for you, okay? So brace yourselves. Are you guys ready to find out if you're, if you're one, if you're one of them? Okay. Number one, if you are longing or living for the approval of others, number one, you, are, you occasionally or often worry about what others think. Okay? You occasionally or often worry about what others think. If that's you, check. Okay, that's me. Um, Think about how many times, I don't know if you guys have classes or maybe if you're a business person and you have to give speeches or get up in front of people at some point or maybe just having a conversation with somebody and you get nervous. You get nervous. Oh, my gosh. Why do you get nervous? Why do we do that? Because we care about what the class is going to think about us. Are they going to like me? Are they going to like what I say? What if I mess up? What if I have a big booger? What if, I don't know, what if something happens? Are they going to like me? And then what about social media? You know, you put something up on Facebook. I am guilty. You put something up on Facebook, um, and you look at it one second later. Did anybody like it? Did anybody like it? Did anybody like it? Did you like me? Do you like my picture? Ah, you like me. Or you're on Twitter, and you put up a tweet, or whatever. Is it called a tweet? Yeah, tweet. You put a tweet, and you go, I got a retweet. Somebody retweeted what I said. That is awesome. And you make you feel so good. I got a retweet. Glory to God. Somebody cares about what I say and what I like. And you're like, oh, I just feel so much better because I got a retweet. Or you take little selfies in all different directions, you know. Then they like the back of my hair. How about the side of my hair? How about my face? How about my legs? How about my shoes? How about my shirt? You know, you want everybody to like everything. Or what about, I, we do this at home. Zach always laughs at me. Poor thing. He has to put up with me. And um, <laughs> we're getting ready to go somewhere, and I'm like, okay. And he's like, okay, Lauren, I know. What shoe looks good? And I come down the steps, and I have one. And I'm like, because I got a flat and a heel on the other. And I'm like, okay, which one looks good? This one? Or this one? This one? And we keep going back and forth. He's like, I don't know, that one. He just picks because he doesn't really care. He's just like, whatever's fastest, easiest. Okay, let's go. If it doesn't have zippers, these guys are like, oh, yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, if it doesn't have zippers, flats, okay, perfect. It takes less time. Put them on. Um, who would say that this is something that you deal with? Can anybody raise their hand and say, yes, I sometimes long for approval. Anybody raise your hand in this place. Now keep your hand up, 
and look around. See those people without their hands raised? They care too much about what you are thinking, and they are lying. So they are longing for approval, so you can just check them off the list too. Because everybody in here has been there. Everybody. Okay, so number two, you're overly often or often overly sensitive. Some girls may do this a little bit more, some guys too, but often we're overly sensitive. How about you get a lot of people that give you compliments? You get five, you get a hundred compliments. Oh, this is great. What you did was great. Whatever, five compliments, okay? They're all good ones. Then somebody comes up, negative Nancy, negative whoever, and gives you a negative, and gives you a negative comment. What do you do? Do you remember all the hundred compliments that you got? No. What do you focus on? The one negative comment that someone gave you that makes you feel like crap. And you hold on to it. And you dwell in it. And it becomes who you are. Or what about you get a new outfit. Girls might, you know, this might relate. You get a new scarf with some boots or whatever. And you go somewhere and nobody says anything. Or guys, you get a new hat or you get a new car or whatever. Nobody says anything. I don't know. It's a guy thing. I don't know. I'm not a guy. Okay? Nobody says anything. You're like, I stink. I'm a failure. Nobody says anything to me. No one gives compliments to me. Or what about when you call and text a friend and they don't, call, they don't text or call you back right away? Or somebody. And you're like, oh, my gosh. I did something wrong. I did something wrong. What did I do? They don't like me. Or somebody comes up to you and be like, are you okay? And you're like, why? Do I look weird? Do I look bad? Oh, man. Oh, I'm so, uh, you know? How many of us have done that? Okay, number three, you compromise your values. You compromise your values. You believe in something so strong, you are sold completely on the inside about something, but yet you compromise who you are because you want your circle of friends, your people that you work with, you people that you go to school with to like you, to prove of you. How many of us have done this? I've done this. Or there's a girl, there's a girl dating a guy. Seen this lots of times. And the guy, baby, I love you. I love you. I love you. You're my everything. I need you. And I'll need, I love you. I'll love you even more if you just keep having sex. Just have sex with me. Oh, yeah. I'll love you more. Oh, baby, I need you. I love you. And what do you do? You compromise your values because you want somebody to so desperately accept who you are. Or you want your friends to think that you're awesome because you did something for them. Or there's a guy and you have a group of friends and, um, and they're just na- they talk nasty about women. They use cruel humor and jokes and they're just nasty. And you compromise who you are and what you believe because you want to fit in don't want to look like the weirdo. You don't want to call anybody out. You compromise. How many of us have done that? Or even, now that you guys are young at all, so you're making some money maybe. Some of you maybe don't have any money. You're borrowing off of somebody else or your parents or whoever. Maybe some of you are making some money though. And you get yourself into debt. Why? Just think about it. We've done it, you know. Why? Because you think that you want people to like you based on the stuff that you have or the things that you wear or the way that you look, then they'll approve of me. Well, then they'll like me. This goes for your, that, that goes for your approval of your parents, of your friends, of your coworkers. We'll do anything sometimes just to get people to like us. Do you like me? 
Will you affirm me? Will you like me? Will you like me? Please like me. Please like me. He'll do anything. Number four, hesitate sharing your faith. This has happened to me lots of times. Hesitate sharing your faith, but I have purposed it in my heart to not do this. But this is so easy to do. Hesitate sharing your faith. You believe, you know that your friend is going through something, and you know what they need. You know the answer, but you hesitate to share it because you don't want to look like a Jesus freak. You just want to be a guy. You just want to be, I mean, I don't, I don't have all the answers, but you hesitate it. You hesitate because you care so much about what they think about. You care more about what they think about you than their actual freedom in Christ, than their actual freedom. Think about that. You care more about what they think about you than them actually getting free from whatever, is, whatever sin or whatever is going on in their lives. Number five, you have a hard time saying no. Are, are you guys any of these or is it just me? Because I think I was all five. I think I've done all five. Yeah, pretty much. Hard time saying no. Somebody asks you to do something. Somebody asks you to go somewhere to a party. Somebody asks you to do something for them. And inside you're going, never. No, 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 no. I will not do that. I know that's wrong. I'm not going to go there. No, 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 no. And they ask you and you go, uh-huh. Like a little whoop pop. You just kind of follow them. You just follow wherever they go. You don't say no. Can't do that. I can't go there. Can't do that. Why? Why do we do this? Because our egos are super duper duper insecure. Our egos are insecure. Our egos are saying, like me, like me, approve of me, affirm me, like me, like me, like me, please. And we make decisions, all of those decisions, based on everybody else liking us, affirming us, making us who we are. And our ego becomes so insecure that we lose ourselves in the midst of that. And I was at that point where I have lost myself because I am so insecure and so focused on everybody else liking me, everybody else affirming me, my parents, my friends, my husband. Everybody needs to affirm me. But I want to tell you of one huge danger that that can cause. And I'm only saying it because I know it. Becoming obsessed, which means thinking about all the time, becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the fastest way to forget what God says about you. I'll say it again. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the easiest way to forget what God says about you. Proverbs 29:25 says, so good. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Do you guys see what snare means? What does it mean? It means trap. It means trap. It means whenever you are afraid of man, whenever you are intimidated or you are searching or looking for the approval of man, you're in a trap. And it is like a, 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 like a snowball effect. You know what I'm saying? Everyone knows the snowball effect. Those are the little mouse on the wheel. Spinning, 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 spinning. And you never stop because it's a trap. The enemy will try to squeeze you into that trap. 
to get you obsessed with thinking about what everybody else says about you so you lose who you really are. Because what it really means is when you become obsessed with what people think about you, it's really idolatry. It's really putting what other people say about you above what the creator of the universe says about you. And you switch it. You get it all mixed up. And let me tell you something. If you're a, if you're a leader at your school, if you're a business person, if you're a construction worker, if you're whatever, whatever you do, a nurse, and you want to be a leader in your life, you want to be a leader in the group of friends that you have or the people that you're with or whatever, you cannot be a leader if you are so obsessed about what other people think about you because you will end up following and not leading because you care too much about what they think that you're not leading, you're following because you're not going to say anything, so you're just following them right behind. You think you're a leader, but you care so much about what they think that you're not leading. You know, sometimes in the business world and in your job, you're going to have to make a tough choice. There's going to be something that comes up that you're going to have to really think, can I be a leader in this? But if you want to follow Jesus, you cannot live for the approval of people and the approval of God in the same way. Can't do it. You will wear your little bum out. You will wear your little bum out by trying to get everybody's approval. It's a trap. It's a trap. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the fastest way to forget what who says about you, what God says about you. It's the fastest way. So what do we do? Now that we have our, our egos, they're insecure, they're wrapped around everybody else's thoughts and what they think about us and getting approval and will you please like me, will somebody accept me and affirm me and like me, please? What do we do? How do we overcome that? Lauren, how did you overcome that? How are you overcoming that? Number one, I have two things for you. Number one, I know this is very generic, but it is good. Focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. Focus on pleasing God instead of people. Let me tell you something. Live for the crowd. Don't live for the crowd. Don't live for the crowd. Live for the audience of one. Live for an audience of one. Do you know who that audience of one is? It's the creator of the universe. Don't live for the crowd. It's a trap. Live for the audience of one. Galatians 1.10 says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal... I would not be Christ's servant. Check this out. I was, um, whenever I was, uh, after, after I got saved after high school, okay, and I actually experienced God. I heard about God, but whenever I actually experienced God, <clears throat> I got in a situation, okay, after I got back from the youth camp that I kind of gave my heart to Jesus at, and I said, Lord, I'm living for you. I got, I was back home and I got in a CCC cheerleading and we would do like a cheerleading 
competitions all over the place. We would help, you know, young girls and all that stuff. Anyways, it was called CCC. And we were sitting in a room. There's about 20 of us. We were all hanging out after. And a kid walks in uh, with lots of beer, you know, like two things underneath his arms. And he walks into the room. Now, before I knew Jesus, I didn't really think anything twice about that. No big deal. Just some kid walking in with beer, you know. But after I found Jesus. And he walked into that room. I had felt something that I had never felt before. I thought, ooh, man, I don't feel so right. What's going on? That Something makes me feel very uncomfortable right now. And I sat there, and I never experienced what, I didn't, I didn't know really what this was. I sat there on, on the bed, because it was a, like a big hotel room. And I sat there. And they were probably thinking, what is up with Lauren? She's gone off her rocker. But I'm sitting there, I'm going, what do I do? What do I do? Okay. Um, and I'm looking around. I didn't know what to do. And I had this choice in front of me. Do I be bold and not just, just go with the crowd because I want them to like me so desperately? Or do I actually stand up? Or do I be bold and stand up and walk out? Do I just sit there? just because I need to be liked so much. And I had this choice. This was a big choice for me. This was a very big choice for me. What do I do in that situation? I know some of you have been in this situation or been in a situation where your heart is pounding, you feel uncomfortable. And you feel a tug on your heart. This isn't right. I need to get out of here. You know what I did? I stood up and I walked out of that room. Didn't say anything. Didn't give any like people, you sinners. I just stood up. I simply walked out and went down to the lobby, hung out by myself, read my Bible, me and God. And I was like, yes, go Lauren. Something happened inside of me that night. Do you know what it was? I didn't, I wasn't living for people in that moment. I thought, oh, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for the audience of one. I'm not going to let these people in this room give, my, give me my approval. And I was so proud of myself. Gave myself a pat on the back. Go, Lauren. Because I didn't want to be in that. It was too tempting for me. It was too tempting for me to grab a drink and to sit there and to be liked again. And I had a choice to make. But I had God. I had the Holy Spirit inside of me. And that was, that was different about me. It was different. And my life shouldn't look like theirs. It should look different. And I stood up and I made a bold decision. I'm not going to be in this environment. I have a different hope. I came back that night and there was a girl, my, my roommate, and a couple other girls. I said, Lauren, where'd you go? What, what's your deal? They said, you know what? There's something different about me. I have a new hope. My life needs to look different. I found God. It needs to look different can't do this they, they were like Lauren how do you do how do you make choices like that I said I don't know I just did it I just did it just one step at a time one choice at a time and I was so proud of myself because you know what you cannot please all people do you know that that was a huge revelation to me I thought I could I thought I could make everybody happy I thought I could make you happy, you happy, you happy, you happy, the whole world happy. And we'd all be happy, happy, happy. Do you know that that's not true? Because 
you will have a car that one group likes and another group hates. You will have a hairstyle that one group likes and another group hates. You will have a TV that somebody hates and somebody loves. And it's never good enough anyways. You know that you cannot please all people. It's never gonna happen. So you might as well just take that pressure off yourself right now. Because it's not going to happen. But do you know who you can please? And do you know who you are pleasing? You can't please all people, but you can please God. You can please the creator of the universe. You can please him. You don't have to work for the approval of others. You've already, you're already approved. You're already loved. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the fastest way to forget what God says about you. Number two, live from the approval of God instead of the approval of people. Live from the approval of God instead of the approval of people. How do we do that? Live from what God says about me instead of with this group, what my parents, what these people say about me. Live out of his approval, not everybody else's approval. See, God already approves of you. You're stamped. You're good. Even though no matter what you've done, no matter where you come from, oh, but Lauren, I'm not approved. Don't you know nobody likes me? God does. He approves of you. 1 Thessalonians 2.4 says, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. See, followers of, the, followers of Jesus in here, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, you're a follower of him. And do you know what? He entrusts you with his word. He entrusts you with people. He entrusts you with, share, with telling people about the hope that he has. He trusts you. That's a big responsibility. That's big. But he trusts you. Because you know what? Whoever calls on Jesus' name, sinner, somebody that's committed adultery, somebody that's murdered, He trusts you. If you are a follower of him and you love Jesus and you say, Lord, come into my life. If you are a follower of Jesus, he trusts you with his word. That's pretty big. You will not be liked by everybody. You will not be liked by everybody. And maybe you say, well, I'm not liked by anybody. But here's the deal. Being liked by people doesn't make anybody feel any better about themselves. It doesn't. It's a what? It's a trap. It's a trap. See, when God sees you, he sees righteousness. He doesn't see Sally, the sinner, the whatever, the mess, the mistake, the garbage. He sees righteousness. And he knows what you're going through. Your worth shouldn't be based on what people say about you. Your worth should be based on what God says about you. 
And sometimes it's easier to say and harder to do. And that takes time. But we shouldn't be dancing for people's approval. Like me, like me, like me. I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. I'll compromise. I'll I'll sleep with you. I'll go here with you. I'll do whatever. I'll get drunk. Let's do it. I'm going to compromise because I want you so desperately to like me. Don't dance for people like that. Because let me tell you something. When people really care about you, they want what's best for you. And you won't have to be dancing for their approval all the time. You know, I know my husband. I know I'm not perfect. He's not perfect. But I don't have to say, please like me, please like me, please like me. Because he does. And I have that confidence in him that he does. But when people really care about you, you don't have to dance for them. Who does God say that we are? Now, you guys all should have gotten on your seats a little piece of paper. It might be underneath your bums now, but it's there. Or in front of your seats, in the seat pockets. Thank you for whoever, I think Justin put those out. Thank you. I want you guys to take these. These are who God says that you are. And I want you to put them somewhere very special. In your room, on your mirror, laminate them, do whatever. This is who God says that you are. Let's go over them real quick. Does everybody have, does anybody not have one? Okay, everybody has one? Great. Number one, you are a new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Number two, you are forgiven and your sins are washed away. You are forgiven. You're the one that keeps bringing it back. You're the one that keeps dancing around it and keeps pulling it back. Let it go. Let it go. You're forgiven. You're new. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. It doesn't mean you're just a conqueror. It doesn't mean you just make it through life. It doesn't mean you just get through the day. Just made it through another day. No, you are more than a conqueror. You can overcome more than somebody else that doesn't know Jesus. And you have the truth that can help them too. Number four, you are God's masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. I love this one. I'm teaching my three-and-a-half-year-old son this. I'm hammering into him. You know why? Because I want him to know when somebody says something that's not from God, that's out of jealousy or out of, out of just somebody being mean or just whatever. People say stuff, you know. Sometimes you don't even mean to. But when he hears something, he's going to know, oh, no. I know who my God is. I know that I'm a masterpiece. And not that he's going to be perfect. Never put that on him. But that he knows that he's God's masterpiece. Ethan, this little boy, made this picture for me today. He made this little picture for me. He's three. So cute. And he came up and he goes, this is for you. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And you could see it all over his face. He put everything he had into using that little orange crayon on this piece of paper. I mean, everything, you know? He was just like, here you go. And you know, I don't know if some of you are artists. I know some of you are artists. Some of you are really good at that stuff. I am terrible. But I know some of you are gifted with that. You know, when you make a masterpiece, you create something, take a little bit off, put a little bit more on, trim it down a little bit, 
And then finally, there's that moment. Even whenever you're coloring, you know, something silly. There's a moment where you go, aha, that's it. I've got it right. Just how I want it. Perfect. And do you know that's what God says about you? He goes, ah, perfect. I got it. Just the way I want it. You're my masterpiece. Number five. You are the light of the world. Do you know what salt does? Salt actually brings out good flavor in foods. So when you add salt, I made spaghetti sauce, added salt to it, brings out the good. Shines, woo, yummy, get light. And um, you are the light. God entrusts you with his word. He entrusts you that you're going to care for people when he leads you to. You're the light. Not this for, oh, I'm not good enough. I've done this. Or I've, no, no, no. You. You are the light. Number six, you are filled with the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus. What? That is craziness. You are raised with that same spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead. That's pretty powerful. That's all I'm saying. That's called power right there. You are joint heir with Christ. You may have not had a family. You may not really know your family too much. But guess what? You're in God's. You're covered. You're in his family. Number eight, you are Christ's ambassador. 2 Corinthians 5.20. I love this one because you are God's secret agent. You are his secret agent. An ambassador is like a special, oh no, I wrote it down, now I forget. But it's a special position. Anyways, you are like a secret agent for him. You are an undercover agent. Jesus is like, yep, I'm using you. Yep, I'm using you. You're ready to go. Let's do this. You're his agent. He's given you a duty. Take the, take, the, take the word to the world. Take my love to the world. So when you're feeling down, when you're feeling not good enough to be used by God, you just say, oh, yeah, that's right. Second Corinthians says that I'm Christ's ambassador. Oh, yeah. Boom, I can check that lie off. Zach always tells me, Lauren, take those lies and replace them with truth. And I love that. That set me free. When those lies come in your head, you take that lie, boop, and just replace it. Oh, yeah. That's what the word says. I'm good. I'm a new creation. Number nine, you are the righteousness of God. He doesn't see you sin-stained and messed up. He sees you as righteous because Christ died for you. Number 10, you are loved by God. Woo! Does it say you are loved by God because you are perfect and you do everything right and you don't make mistakes? Oh, it just says you are loved by God, period. Gotcha. You are loved by God, period. You are loved. You may not know that love yet, but you'll experience it. You'll understand it. And when you realize those 10 things, keep those 10 things with you. When you realize those 10 things, you begin to not live out of the approval of others, but from the approval of God. Because when you start getting these scriptures into your heart and you say, oh, I'm not a piece of junk. I'm a masterpiece. 
When you start actually believing those things for yourself, you don't live to make everybody else happy. You begin to actually live to please God, live to please the audience of one. When you're making a decision, I thought about that. I thought about that whenever I was praying about this, whenever I was sitting in that room. And I almost saw, I know this sounds cheesy, but I'm serious. I almost saw like Jesus kind of standing there thinking, what are you going to do? What's your choice? Live for me. Make choices based out of my love for you, not what everybody else thinks. I'm telling you, when you grab a hold of that, when you grab a hold of that, those truths, it will free you from so much and you will begin to make healthy, emotionally healthy, right decisions in your life. You won't let people walk all over you. You won't compromise your faith. You'll begin to say no when you need to. It'll become real to you. Romans 12, 2, we're almost closing here, says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I know you've heard that one before. But what this scripture is saying is, hey, 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 I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like everybody. I'm just going to be conformed to everybody else. I'm going to be like you. Because so you like me, so you affirm me, I'm going to like you, you like me, we're good. That's what that scripture, but you know what? Romans 1, people pass over Romans 1. Romans 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your time in proper worship. What he's saying is to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And my prayer tonight is that we can take our egos, take who we think we are, what people have said we are and sacrifice them. Lay them down. Are you tired of living for the approval of others? Are you tired of it? Are you tired of making decisions based on who's going to like me? Who's going to want me? Who's going to affirm me? It is time to sacrifice that. It is time to lay it down, to burn it up, and to get rid of it. And to say, God, I want to please you. I want to live for you. I want to make decisions based on your love for me, what you think about me, not what everybody else thinks about me. Lay your ego and your life down at the altar. You're not going to please everybody. You never will you will please God. You do please God. But you lay your life down. You lay down. Don't let what other people say replace what God says about you. Some of you have done that. Some of you have completely taken what people say about you and what your past is and who you think you are and you have replaced it with, or you have taken what God says about you and you have replaced it with what people say about you. You don't even know who you are because you are trying to be like everybody else. Do what everybody else does. Well, I'm just going to go to the bar because everybody else goes to the bar. Our lives should look different because we have a hope inside of us. We have Jesus on the inside of us. And you don't have to make decisions just because you want people to like you. You don't have to be perfect. 
And I'm not trying to put down those of you that have struggled with serious addiction because I know that's that's an addiction and that's serious stuff. But God can free you. God can help you. Through faith, through knowing Jesus, we can lay down who we think we are, our egos, and pick up literally everything that he says about us and hold on to it. So when those times come and you don't know who you are and you don't know what to do and you're trying to seek approval, you go, oh, no, I have those 10 things. Actually, I have the whole word of God. That's what it's for. But I have those 10 things. That's who God thinks I am. And you know what? My heart's desire is that tonight that each of you will leave, first of all, knowing that there's hope. Just because you came here believing something about yourself, There's still hope. It's never a hopeless situation. But the number two, that you would just understand that God's for you, that he loves you, and that literally we can do this. Do you know that you don't have to live to please everybody? You will never fail. But you can please God very simply by just saying, God, I need you. I need your help. I need your help. I need you to help me with this sacrifice it. Lay it on the altar. It is time. Live to please the audience of one. What I want to do is we're going to pray. Can you guys close your close your um, eyes and bow your heads with me? The very first thing I want to do, we're almost wrapping up service here. We'll be done in a few minutes. But this is very important to me. I don't take this lightly tonight. Because I know that there's some of you that have that have determined who you are and what you do and the choices that you make and the compromises because you want people to like you. But first, there are some of you that maybe don't even know who this God is that I'm talking about. Yeah, you tell me that I can please God and that he loves me, but I don't even know what you're talking about, Lon. Let me tell you something. God sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me and for you so we didn't have to go to hell. You can know where you're going to go when you die, when your heart stops beating. You can know that you can go to heaven. All the Bible says is you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You'll go to heaven. It's that simple. It's not about climbing a ladder to work to God. And it's climbing a ladder of approval for people to like me and for, well, if I do this right, and then if I mess up, I fall back down. And I have to ask him into my heart all over again. Do you know that if you ask him in your heart one time, you don't need to do it? He's there. He's there. He didn't leave. He made his home in your heart. But I want to ask you, if anybody does not know Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to know him. I want to give you the opportunity to be free and to be loved on and to be cared for by the creator of the universe. He died for you. If that's anybody in this place, I'm going to count to three. And whenever I do, will you raise your hand up high and bold? Maybe tonight's the night where you need to make a choice. If that's you, if you want to know where where you go when you die, or if you want to be saved, I'm going to count to three, and you raise your hand up high. One, 
two, three. Anybody? I see those hands. I see those hands. You can put them back down. Amen. That's awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Say, Lauren, I need to know this Jesus. I'm for real. I need him in my heart. Anybody else? Okay, we're, everybody's going to pray a prayer together out loud and together with those that raise their hand. And let me tell you something. Dear one, the moment that you pray this, he's coming into your heart. You're not going to be perfect, but guess what? You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Everybody pray, pray with me out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for coming into my heart in my life. I believe in you. I need you to help me. Thank you for dying on the cross and raising to life to save me. I believe in you. I love you. I need you. I'm a child of God. My sins are washed away. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give a hand to those that raise that. Praise God. You know, I want to do something for two more minutes here. We're almost done. Stick with me. Are you guys good? I want to do something really powerful here. I really, truly believe that there are people in this room like me, guys and girls, that live, that make decisions, that do everything based on the approval of others. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's not. Maybe you're like, Lauren, I'm good. I don't really, I don't really do that. I'm secure. Fantastic. That's awesome. But I believe that God is going to free some hearts here tonight. I really do. I know it. And what we're going to do is I'm going to pray, and then Mara's going to take time. She's going to sing a song for two minutes. What I want you guys to do is stay in your seats. Stay comfortable. Relax. Connect with God. Some of you don't even, maybe haven't even had an experience like that before. Some of you may have, that's new to you. What do you mean connect with God? What do you mean talk to God? That just means be quiet, be still. Close your eyes. And if you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, listen to the words, to the song. And if not, all you can do is say, God, I need your help. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know what I need. But I just know that I need you. I need somebody that's more powerful than me, that's for sure. Because I'm spinning this wheel, and I'm getting nowhere. And I need your power inside of me. And he's going to give it to you. You ask him, the Bible says, you ask him, he'll give it to you. You just got to ask. Sometimes we're so darn stubborn. We won't just ask him. Just ask him. I just want you guys to be still for two minutes. I don't even, sometimes that's hard for me. It really is. Is it hard for anybody just to be still, to not be thinking about anything else? But I really want you to take this time. Don't worry about who's next to you. And you know what? If you're a guy, you, you know, just, just sit there. You don't have to feel pressure. Just know that God's presence, he's in this place. He's here. And he wants to meet the needs that you have in your life. Because only he can. You try to get everybody else to, but only he can. Let me pray for you, and we'll have Mara sing this song. Father God, I thank you, Lord. 
for every single person that's here. That it is not an accident that they are here. That they're here for divine purpose and reason, Lord. And I thank you that even right now, Father God, they feel your presence. They know that you are with them. Lord, and that something comes alive in their hearts tonight. That you rejuvenate them, restore them, Father. Help them to sacrifice, to lay down something substantial, something big in their lives, Lord. So we can view and we can make decisions based on what you say about us, not what we think about us, not what other people say. Father, I pray that hearts are lifted and that you make them new in this place tonight. You are so good. In Jesus' name.
Lord, that you don't forsake us, that you don't leave us, that you haven't forgotten about us, but that you care about us and you want to use us. Father God, so here we are tonight. We sacrifice it. We give it up. Whatever it is, you know. We lay it down at the altar. And we're not going to pick it up again, Lord. We give it up. We let it go. We're not here to please people, but to please you. You've created us for that purpose. You've given us a higher purpose, a greater calling than just to please people. It's bigger than that. And we trust you, Lord. It's scary. We don't know all the details, but we know that we can trust you. We sacrifice because you sacrificed something big for us, your son. We sacrifice it. Give it up. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us when we need you. I pray that you give each and every young adult strength that can rise from within, Father, when they're struggling with thoughts, when they have decisions to be made, that you give them strength that only you can give. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. We love you guys so much. And I pray that God does a huge work in your heart. And I think Scotty's coming up. How much of you, how many of you guys know Scotty? He's pretty awesome. Scotty and Caitlin, man, they're so adorable. We love them so much. They've been with us for a while, and we appreciate them and all that they do here. You know, our 19 North coordinators, a lot of them are not here tonight. They are incredible. If you're a 19 North coordinator, will you please stand up? Or if you're with somebody, stand up. I see some of you. Stand up. Let's give it up for Lauren, guys. That was that was a really, really good message, guys. And, um, honestly, listen to it again. I know it'll be online, and uh, you can definitely re-listen to these things because especially take that sheet home and re-read it all the time. Uh, check out those verses in the Bible yourself, too. And, and uh, honestly, it's really cool to check those out and speak them over your life and to see the changes that'll come in your emotions, your attitude, and the things that you'll see change in your life personally, and it's really cool. So we have a couple things before uh, we head out. Okay, who who loves coffee? Who has like a cup of coffee every time they come to 19 North? Pretty much, I know, I know, we, we usually do. Let's give it up for Alan and Aubrey, and I know Stephen Blum helps out too. There's other people that help out, but honestly, um, and if you had the dish tonight, it's all my man Alan. <laughs> He made it all up tonight, so, you know, we, we do appreciate it, and uh, 
we take it for granted sometimes that we just come here. There's always coffee and food, but somebody actually has to make all that food for hundreds some people. So um, just think about that every time and thank those guys that really help out. So um, we're going to actually take an offering real quick before we head out. So if you can prepare those, um, we're going to pray over it real quick. So Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for uh, just your word that was spoken, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, that that word is ever-changing in our life. We thank you for uh, blessing us for everything that we have and that we can give back to you, Lord. We worship you in that, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you prayed with Lauren tonight to accept Jesus in your life, um, we are so thankful that you guys did that. That's an important step. And uh, we actually have some resources for you guys. So if you don't mind, we have an information center called The Hub. So if you uh, would like to some resources to help with your next steps and that you prayed tonight, they're back there. It's called I Have Decided Book. We have some other things too. So you can just take them. You don't even have to say hi. If you don't like people, grab it and go. We don't care. So, um, And then also... We have a, a great serving opportunity. Um, you might have heard of it before. It's called Jack Frost Camp or Jack Camp. Um, it's for the teens, and uh, it's their youth camp, their winter retreat that they leave and go to spend time away from the world. And actually, it's in a great time where teens experience God, and it's a life-changing experience for them. And also for the leaders, and that's what we need. We actually need some leaders. So if you're very interested in you know, helping out with the teenagers, um, you can actually stop back at the Hub, our information center. You can sign up there. We can get you more details. Um, that will be coming up at the end of the year. So I think it's at the end of December, correct? 29th? Yeah, 29th of December. It runs for three or four days or something like that. We'll get to the details, though, okay? And then uh, also, um, just wanted to reiterate that 19 North next week is definitely still on with Thanksgiving and everything, so please come out. Um, Zach is really excited. Uh, he was actually pumping me up back there that um, it's really just instilling vision in you guys and in your life. It's the vision of this church and 19 North and everything, but it's how to cast vision in you guys too. So one of the most important questions we ask is, what's my purpose in life? What's, where do I go? You know, it's all about vision and God's vision for your life. So definitely come out next week. We are still having that. And then uh, we have prayer partners. They're going to be um, at the back, back um, the little walls right now. Um, they'll be back there. So if there's something that you would like to pray about, any issues or concerns or praises, or you just need somebody to talk to, they're going to be back there after the service, okay? So um, let's all stand together as we exit out of here and get out of here. Who got Christmas decorations up? Anybody? Yeah. All you Scrooges are like, no, snow, Thanksgiving, waiting for the turkey. We literally, we put up the lights tonight. I'm so stoked for Christmas. We already got our Christmas tree up, even though it's like this tall. Uh, it's like one of those little ones. So, But uh, anyways, let's pray as we get out of here. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for... Uh, I'm thankful for the snow, Lord. I thank you for it, and I, I know everybody will be safe as we go home. Uh, thank you, Lord, for our holiday coming up, that we can be thankful for the things that we have in our life, um, if it's family or friends, um, and we just thank you for the word spoken tonight. I just pray that everybody touches somebody this week uh, with the truth, Lord, and that we believe more and more of the things you say about us, Jesus. And we thank you for that in your name. Amen. Have a great night, guys.